I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. episode 231 tonight in the podcast i am your host rj carbone welcome to the show thank you for stopping by um hope everybody's doing well you know it is a uh monday morning early 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 monday morning uh april 12th as i am speaking and as you are listening to this or maybe watching this it is also monday april 12th um, but probably later in the day. It is, um, you know, technically Monday the 12th as I'm recording. But, you know, it's really late at night slash early in the morning. Um, just finished up watching the Knicks game. And the Knicks picked up another exciting victory. Uh, finally starting to win some close games. And we will talk on the Knicks in 2.32, which I will start recording 2.32 tonight, Monday the 12th. So, um you know, about 12, 13, 14 hours from now, we're going to start 232 up. But uh, this is 231. We're talking Yanks for this episode, episode 231 of the podcast, BD4. Um, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Guys, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe to it right now. You can find this podcast whoops, on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, um, SoundCloud, Spotify, you can watch it on YouTube. And we are also on plenty of other platforms as well. You can find me on social media. So if you want to follow my um, my hot takes and stuff during the games, you can do so on Twitter at NYSportsTalkRC. You can keep up with the podcast and the blog on there, Instagram and Facebook. All right? um, I'm on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone and Facebook um, RJ Carbone, just type that in in the search bar. Yeah, man, it's been a it was a good weekend for me. I didn't do much, but um, you know, watch the Yankees have a, have a really really tough series against the Rays, where it looked like they were on their way to getting pulverized across three games. Um, but fortunately, we found a way to pull it off tonight or yesterday, rather. Um. Yeah, I, I've. I'm just again, just happy it's back. I don't know if my nostalgia has ever lasted this long for baseball. Like I'm, baseball is my my favorite sport far and away. But usually the nostalgia wears off, and I'm just like I always love this sport, but I'm still like jittery. But I'm still hyped up that it's back, and we are April twelfth. You know where the season started almost two weeks ago from today almost so yeah it's like i'm still really really excited that's that it's back i'm still in that euphoria did i say nostalgia before i did right (laughs) i'm still in that euphoria um you know i still have that euphoria it is um i'm just excited it's back but you know that doesn't mean i'm not gonna get on the yankees and i have been 
I've been on their ass all year. I mean, when you're four and five, what do you expect? I'm not going to kiss your ass. So I've been tweeting, live tweeting during the games. I hate that fucking word. I hate it. I just call it post because I hate the word tweet. It sounds so stupid. I feel like I lose my manlyhood when I use the word tweet. Uh, did you see that tweet? Tweet something. He retweeted my tweet. <laughs> uh, shit. Um, you know, watching some ball around the league today, it seems like Boston's getting hot. They lost three straight to open up, but I think Kay said on the telecast today they were on their way to six straight. Um, you know, J.D. Martinez coming off the Corona list, um, hits three, three taters today. Um, that's, that's his third team. He's done that. So he's done that at least three times in his career. It's had three homer games. They said that was his third different team doing that. That's insane. So I'm, I'm assuming it was, he's only played for three teams, right? I want to say the Tigers, the Diamondbacks for a cup of coffee, and then now Boston. So, dude, I hope, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not rooting for him to have a good year. He's with Boston. And, you know, Boston could surprise. You never know. Surprises happen. But, like, he was fun to watch just as a, from a baseball fan's perspective back when he was fully healthy and he had that really, really good stretch from, like, 2017 to up to last year before he had a down year. He was the best. I thought he was the best all-around hitter in baseball for those few years. I mean, this guy was a triple crown. I think he won a triple crown or he he at least consistently flirted with it, but I'm pretty sure he won it. Uh he may have won it one of those years. But yeah, this is a guy who hits 330, you know, hitting you 40 bombs, got the OPS near 1000 over 1000 at times. He was far and away the best all-around hitter in baseball. Um yeah, so he's he's seems like he's off to a good start um, so far. Watching the Dodgers earlier, they're banged up right now. They are very banged up. They they lost Cody Bellinger. Uh, he's on the DL right now. I'm I, I I can't say what it is. I forget. But um, I know today earlier today they also found out that Mookie Betts could be headed to the DL, but they're taking it day by day for now. Uh, I think it's, it's I don't know what it is. I just saw he was hurt in the headlines. But um, he missed, I, I think he's missed four straight games, actually. Um, so correct me there. Yeah, I believe it's four, four games in a row after he sat today. So they're banged up, but they're probably, didn't they get, who got Arenado? They didn't get, no, they have Turner. St. Louis. They got Arnado. but I feel like the Dodgers will be fine. They have a lot of they they have a lot of a lot of depth, like the Yankees do, to where they can sustain injuries. Um, knock on wood, because <laughs> it ain't looking pretty for us right now without Voight and Britain. But um, Brewers, the the Brewers even lost Kristen Yelich. A lot of guys getting hurt, back problems. Left the game earlier today. They lost somebody else. Um, that power hitting third baseman, I think the Brewers did. They, the Milwaukee lost a couple of players today, but yeah, Christian Yelich. Now I don't think he's DL'd yet, but he did leave the game. So just reading around the league, 
Um, Otani hit another blast a couple days ago. <laughs> Guy's a monster. Um, yeah. So, hope everyone's doing well. Um, I don't want to ramble too long on this one just because, again, it is, you know, late slash early. It is, as I am recording this podcast, it is 1.37 in the morning, man. So, I, you know, I, I just finished watching the Knicks a couple hours ago. That I, uh, that I want to take notes for this podcast right here that you're listening to. Uh, just write, jotting down some notes on, on games one, two, and three of this series um, of the Yankees' Rays. I had everything set up because I really thought. So I usually try to get ahead in preparation. And like during this game today, during game three, um, Yanks were down. And, you know, they gave up the, the, Montgomery gave up the home run early. And, like, I'm thinking, oh, they're just going to, this the way things are going for them this season and this series, especially, at, you know, being at the trop, baseball hell, they are going to lie down and die. And this game is going to be over, like, in the fucking third inning. And so I started preparing the podcast. I wrote the title prepared the title I, I wrote Yanks get pulverized at the trop or something like that and I had everything ready I wrote that in the software I put that in the title up if you're if you're watching the YouTube you know what I'm talking about um and I had that in the in the blog I had it all set up and I had to go change it all once they won but fortunately that's a good thing though fortunately uh you know they did not get pulverized and they managed to salvage the series with a big hit by Odor today, which, again, we will get to. Um, so welcome to the podcast once more, guys. If you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis, be sure to subscribe to us. Yes, you can do that um, You know, on all the, the podcast feeds, wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to BD4. Um, all those platforms for the podcast, uh, my, my three social media outlets, and if you want to find my blog, all that information is on my link tree. So just go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. All right, just go to linktr, okay, linktr.ee .ee forward slash RJ Carbone forward slash RJ Carbone. All right. Don't know why I repeated it there, <laughs> but yeah, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That's my link tree where you'll find all of my information wherever you need to reach me at. Podcast, the blog, social media, all right there on my link tree. Thank you for stopping by. I appreciate you tuning into this shitty show. Always do. <laughs> um,. Is, you know, it, it looked rough, you know, for... So they lose two out of three to the Jays. Looks like they were finding their rhythm, you know, against the, the the minor league Orioles. Basically, the minor league... Orioles are a minor league ball club. But they did win two in a row there. And then they, they blow that game. And another extra inning game, their first of the year. And extras, they lose that Torres, botches that ground ball. Oh, no, he, he botches the throw. Um, but Bruce probably should have had it. And they lose that game, and that's, you know, not looking good, being that, oh, here we go, Yanks are heading to the trop, where they never win, you know, 
I believe they're entering tonight's game one in nine since the All-Star break from 2019 at the drop. Um, so they, they lose the first two games and it looks like, you know, and it's still, I'm still a bit concerned, you know. I'm still a bit concerned. We did have a nice win today, but we have not looked good, you know. And it's okay, it's okay to be concerned, right? A lot of people, like, take that, like, take that word too, um, too serious. It's okay to be a bit concerned, right? Being concerned doesn't mean that you think everything is all over. It doesn't mean you think it's all over. No, it just means you're a bit worried that, you know, they don't look good, that, you know, last year they were, what, just five games, four or five games over 500, barely slid into the playoffs. So that was in the back of your mind. Um, and they're missing a key bat in, in Luke Voigt. They're missing one of their only good bullpen arms, elite bullpen arms in Zach Britton. So there's reason to be a little worried here. Can we sustain this until these guys get back? Um, but fortunately we don't have to, today's victory, uh, today, yesterday, again, it's the middle of the night, the victory in game three against the Jays did kind of, um, I guess calm my nerves a bit. And, and had we have lost today, oh Jesus, it would have been, it would have been even worse than what I was feeling earlier. But fortunately we picked a way, we found a way to, to, to pick them apart and get the victory here. Um... But yeah, had we lost, we would have had a series against the Blue Jays who handle us. They usually handle us. Um, and I know we're not going to their place. I know we're not going to Rogers Center. We're going to Dundon. But still, we would have had to take the sweep just to get back to 500 had we have lost Game 3 against the Rays this weekend. So, this past weekend. So, yeah. It's it's crazy how you know how much one game can change things, right? Now we're looking at a potential, you know, turnaround here if you can find a way to. Hopefully, we can sweep the Jays because I, I I still feel like we need to we need to get going and we need a nice sweep to jumpstart things. So, um, you know, in Yankee news, uh, we got, uh, obviously we got Rufnet Odor, um, big hit today. But Odor is a Yankee, and we have we had to DFA. Dairo Estrada, unfortunately. Um, I loved Estrada, man. I was a big Estrada guy. I never understood why the Yankees always opted for Tyler Wade before they thought before they even thought about Dairo Estrada. They never thought twice about it. They always just went right to Wade whenever they were looking for that 26 man to call up and you know, get a utility player in here. It was never Estrada. And he usually produced. He produced. He hit the... The guy could hit. They put him in there, and he was aggressive. He was a first-pitch hacker, but he put the bat on the ball, and he spread it, and he got his hits. He was like a... I always call him a Castro slash Torres. I know that's an analytical nightmare, but he can hit at the major league level, and there's a spot for him on a major league team. And Tyler Wade cannot hit. You know, Estrada's not the most efficient hitter. Right, The numbers aren't crazy if you're looking at the analytics, but it's certainly better than Tyler Wade, and... Estrada played decent defense. He may not have been, you know, a speed demon like Wade, but he did a lot of... I thought he was way more of a productive all-around baseball player than Tyler Wade, yet the Yankees continued to go with Wade. Um, speed, uh, lefty, I don't know. Defense. But Odor is taking Wade's spot, so that's interesting. 
if you think about how that went down. But um, I think that I saw the Dodgers, uh, no, the, the Giants, the San Francisco Giants picked up Estrada. The Yankees traded him for cash considerations. So um, I, I wish the best of luck to him. You know, maybe there's a chance he could be a starter on a team who needs a shortstop. But I don't know how long he'll be there in San Fran, but I hope he can find some reps there because I, I do believe there's something there to where he could be a 280, 750 OPS guy, maybe 800, something like that, and um, hit at the major league level. So he's out. Odor's in. Odor's clean shaven. <laughs> Looks nothing, nothing like the guy um, who socked Bautista in the face years ago. I mean, I, I barely recognize him. He said his daughter didn't recognize him. Or no, or, or his daughter doesn't want to look at him, is what he said in the presser earlier today. <laughs> or earlier Sunday. Um, which I thought was hilarious. But he does not look like... He, he, the, the intimidation is not there anymore. He doesn't look like that's, that thug who, you know, socked Bautista in the chin. He looks like a high school freshman ball player. He really does... Just baby faced. Um But yeah, Cashman traded for Odor, so we'll see how that works out. Um and uh Oh the Clark Schmidt news was was you know not really shocking to me. Uh, when they said the arm soreness I was like, Oh yeah. Wouldn't be ex wouldn't be shocked if we um if we get like some season and season ending news pretty soon there, but he had a big setback today. Supposed to start throwing a while ago, still hasn't. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if it's, I don't know, I forget what part of his arm it is. I don't know if it's Tommy John, if it's a Tommy John scare, uh, but I have a feeling whatever it is, he probably won't be pitching for the Yankees this year just because one. You know, I'm somewhat of a pessimist, I guess. I consider myself a realist, but two, just the, the way it's just the way things have gone for this team with their injuries over the past couple of years. Just shit has not gone our way. So I don't even think that's pessimistic. Come on, shit has not gone our way. It wouldn't shock me if one of our top prospects misses the year with with a big arm injury. <laughs> So I hope he's fine. I wish for the best for Clark Schmidt because I, you know, he didn't look great last year, but he flashed. You know, he flashed some of his potential. He has some nice stuff, and I hope that he can be um, a part of this team going forward. But we'll see. Hopefully, he can um, figure out a way to stay healthy, and hopefully, it's not as bad as I'm as I'm expecting it to be. You know, but um, that was uh, that was it. That was that. That was it for. Uh, that's it as far as news around the league, around the organization. Uh, we may as well get right into tonight's episode, or this morning's episode. Today's episode. Again, as I'm recording, it's one something in the morning, on a Monday. So it's it's you know technically not even Monday morning yet. Um, you're sleeping as I'm recording this. As you're listening to this, it's it's sometime during Monday, normal human being hours. <laughs> As I'm recording, it's overnight, you know, Sunday slash Monday. So, hope you're enjoying this episode, but uh, we're going to get to break. And once we get back from break, we might as well start this thing up, all right? Be right back.
Hey fellas, so really quick before we get back into the show, I do want to remind you that if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast or subscribed to my blog or followed me on social media even, you can do all that by going to my link tree. Just go to linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. That is linktr.ee slash rjcarbone. Guys, thanks so much. Let's get back to the show. Lose 5 to 10, or 10 to 5. Um, first game, the Yanks lose 10 to 5. You know, it wasn't exactly a close one, <laughs> really, at any point, um, except for the when the Yankees made that, you know, had a quick turnaround in the third, but. You know, it didn't last long. But, um, yeah, they dropped this one 10-5, game one of the series. Um, <clears throat> it was a mess from the start, though, to be honest with you. Corey Kluber was awful. He looked awful. Um, and honestly, like I said, heading into the year, I'm not trying to be a pessimist, but I would not be shocked, and nor should you, if Corey Kluber struggled this year, you know? I know it's one or two starts into his Yankees tenure, but, you know, and I know he's a Cy Young winner twice. He's, you know, multiple-time All-Star as well. Blah, blah, blah. I get all that, but you look at what you have here. You've got a 35-year-old pitcher who hasn't pitched much at all since 2018. He's thrown the fastball high 80s, low 90s. It's not that... It wouldn't be shocking if, if an old pitcher pitched like he was old. That's that's what I'm trying to say here. An older pitcher coming off a big injury pitched like an older pitcher coming off a big injury. It would not be shocking. Alright, so I don't know what kind of expectations some Yankees fans had for this guy, but if you're expecting him to be that number one, number two, I... I I don't want to laugh at you, but that's kind of comical. I think at best what you're going to get from Kluber, and I'm not trying to be a pessimist, not trying to make a hot take. I think at best what you're going to get from him is a number three. You know, I think the most likely scenario you're going to get from him is like a 374 to 4 ERA. And I think at worst you could get someone who's not, again, who could very well just struggle badly and, and pitch to a uh, north of five ERA. But there's a chance he's decent. I just think his ceiling peaks out at decent. I don't think his, at this point in his career, I don't think the ceiling is any higher than being a decent number three, number four. Um, I just don't expect him to go out there and, and I don't think it's realistic to expect Corey Kluber to pitch to a 275 and give you 200 innings. And I don't think the Yankees are expecting that. Right, so that's why when we got him, I wasn't like jumping up and down. I was just like, okay, low risk move. I want to take it. It's not low. There's a lot of risk because he could get injured. He could pitch bad. Uh, but I mean, low risk in terms of financial. You know, it was a, it was a. You know, it didn't cost the Yankees a ton of prospects or, or a ton of money. Right. It just, it just, it was a low risk move in that aspect. Um. But yeah, I, I'm not expecting this guy to be anything crazy and. And he wasn't good. He wasn't good in his in his second start of the year. Um, the first inning here, he looked 
Well, he got he induced the double play. He induced the ground ball double play in the first, and he's gotten a lot of them so far this year. Uh, but then he, he then he started struggling in the second and third innings. You know, in the second inning, he leaves a cutter over the plate to Willie Adamas, and that's an RBI double right there. Um, later on, leaves another cutter, pretty much the same spot for Phillips. Gets a sack fly. The Rays go up two nothing after a pair of innings. Top of the third, Yankees kind of score some runs. They they score they kind of they score some runs for for the uh, for Kluber. You know they, they get to to a veteran journeyman Rich Hill, who I cannot believe is still around. Um, you know Tyler Wade legs out that infield single. DJ LeMayu gets the ground rule double, which is unfortunate because you know Wade would have scored. But you got second and third. Um, Stanton at the plate. He chopped one through the left uh, through the second base side of the infield for a two run single. And then Hicks coming up next from the right side of the plate, taking Hill deep. And the Yanks go up 4-2 to two after three innings. So it looks good. Um, but here comes Kluber. Cannot complete the shutdown inning in the bottom of the third. He puts two runners on. Then he surrenders a single to Randy Rosarina, who Yankees fans have heard his name enough. Um, I am so tired of that asshole. But this guy's a very good hitter. And you got to give him credit because he he's becoming a Yankee killer. Uh, base hit from from Rosarina drives in a run. Uh, Kluber strikes out the next batter he faces for out number two, and then loads the bases and he's pulled from the game. Actually, I don't think I don't think a Rosarina single brought in a run, but Kluber loads the bases. Uh, Boone pulls him for Nick Nelson. Nelson comes in, and he's the one who allows the inherited runners to score. He, he surrenders a double right away uh, to Joey Wendell, and this puts the Rays on top 5-4. to four. So, Nelson eventually gets out of the inning, um, but he allows two more runs in the fourth, and I think Lucas... Here we go, Lucas Letke? Fucking shit, man. I never get this guy's name right. Uh, he gives up a run in the seventh. Um the you know the Yankees only get one more run. DJ LeMayu goes yard for a solo knock in the eighth, but they eventually lose ten to five. Kluber gets the loss. Kluber goes two and a third, five hits, five runs, two walks, three strikeouts. Just an overall boring bad loss, and the Yankees were very listless. They had no energy, weak at bats, whatever. Right, a bad game. You move on. Hopefully you can take game two, right? No. <laughs> game two comes and it's even worse. Uh, the Yankees don't score a single run in the middle game here of the set. Uh, they dropped this one for nothing. It was disgusting, boring, painful to sit through. You know, Domingo Herman was just absolutely terrible. Um, after winning 18 games in 2019, he gets the loss in this one, falls to 0-2. Um, he eventually gets demoted after the game. Um, you know, a struggling pitcher, hard to root for because of the, the act, the, um, because of what happened with, with the, with the domestic violence. Um, so he goes down to the alternate site. Can we call it something else besides the alternate site? I don't even know what the fuck that's supposed to mean. It sounds like some like area 51 alternate site. But they send him down, and I think it's more for just some bullpen depth because we've already relied heavily on this pen. 
Uh, we call up Abreu and Domingo. Get you know in the meantime, getting some work down there. We also don't need the fifth starter for a while. We have an off day or two coming up. So um, he he was awful. He was really pitiful. Um, you know um, the pen was good. <laughs> you know Justin Wilson returned. He looked pretty decent. Um, but you know who cares? Because the Rays probably just mailed it in once they pounded us for four runs and, and saw the way we were putting up lazy at bats. Um, yeah, lazy strikeouts, weak contact. It was pretty bad. But right away, right away, Herman gets you know he he puts puts the Yankees in a hole. The Rays are jumping on first pitch. Uh, they're all over him, and he's and, and to be messy. Herman was messy. He was all over the place, but he was all over the place inside the strike zone, which is the worst place to be all over the place. <laughs> Let's up a homer to Meadows in the first inning, solo shot. Two more runs come across in the second. Uh, he leaves a two-seamer over the plate to Randy Rosarina in the third inning. That goes, that leaves the park, and it's 4 nothing before you can blink uh, raise after just three innings. And, and again, that was it. That was it. <laughs> that was the Yankees. The bats were just... Feeble, Herman, uh, final line, four innings pitched, eight hits, four runs, a walk, five Ks. But, you know, we only had five hits on the other end, just two walks, nine strikeouts, 0 for 4 in scoring position. A lot of lazy strikeouts, weak pop-ups, you know, Torres just getting under everything, Stanton chasing out of the zone. Feeble performance by the lineup and, and uh, another bad start from Herman eventually gets him demoted that was game two and that, again it's it's these first two games there's not a ton to dissect because of how straightforward it was the Yankees did not hit and they did not exactly pitch very well at least their starting pitchers um it was bad uh but game three fortunately game three was a little better and we eventually picked up the win uh, we took the eight to four victory here in Game Three after ten innings. It looked like a it was headed to be another dreadful Yankee loss, right? Didn't look good early. Uh, Monty started the game with a, with a, a four pitch walk, and then he hit a batter a couple a couple of at bats later. Um, that was kind of an early indicator of the trouble to come that he'd have with his command, right? He, he was terrible with the location um he leaves a change up up over the plate in the second inning to Brousseau and then he leaves I think another change up up over the plate to Zanino in a 3-2 count in the same inning and he takes him yard it's 2-0 raise after a couple of innings Yanks had his back on the top of the third when Michael Waka who I was surprised to see I didn't think Tampa had him I thought he was still with St. Louis <laughs> I thought he was going to be some a decent starter, but apparently he's just relegated to, you know, early relief. Um, Walker enters the game for that Honeywell, Honeywell kid. Honeywell shut us down for a couple of innings. A kid who hasn't pitched in over a thousand days because he had four surgeries, and that's not an exaggeration. They literally fucking said it on the pod on the uh, telecast, and the Yankees, of course, couldn't get to him. Um, but Walker comes in and. You know, right away he walks Gary Sanchez, um, and then Gio Urshela shoots one 453 fucking feet to to dead center. A mammoth shot. I don't think anybody thought Gio had that in him. That was really impressive. Um, really shocking. Really cool. 
Um, but it was a big hit. It tied the game at two. But here we go again. <laughs> it's um, was it bottom of the third? Oh no, we did we score? No, we scored one more in the inning. Yeah, we did. I'm sorry. We we put the next three runners on. Actually, you know when when um, I think it was yeah, it was Aaron Hicks who hit into a double play, but it scored Gardner or something like that. Aaron Hicks, aka Mario Mendoza. That's our number fucking three hitter, guys. Um, but yeah, we, we take the lead three to two after two and a half innings. Then we get to the bottom of the third. My favorite thing in the fucking world for the second straight night or afternoon. A Yankee starter fails to complete the shutdown inning. I, I, that's my biggest fucking pet peeve. That's my. That's probably my the biggest pet peeve. And I have a ton of pet peeves. That are up there on that list. But when pitchers fail to get shut down innings. After your offense scores for you. That annoys the shit out of me. More than anything else in that world. In this world. Maybe it's the it's the former pitcher in me. Because I couldn't stand that myself when I took the mound. But oh my gosh. That makes me so triggered man. That sets me off. I see the Yankees do it. And it, it hurts me. I feel it. I feel a burn in my chest. I just get so angry. My head gets warm. I just... I can't stand when pitchers cannot complete the shutdown. And here he is. Jordan Montgomery not being able to shut the race down after the Yankees scored him three fucking runs in one inning. Um, he hangs a curveball to Diaz for a single. Then who's up next? You guessed it. Randy of fucking Rosarina. He gives him an 88 mile an hour cutter about waist high. And here he is. A two run blast. Puts the Rays up 4-3. This guy's a dick. A Rosarina, man. I, I, he's a Yankee killer. In the postseason, in the regular season. He probably did it in spring training. Who the hell knows? He does it every time he faces us. Does it in his sleep. He goes home. He plays MLB The Show. He probably kills us. Kills the Yankees. So four to three Rays after three innings because Montgomery can't get the shutdown. He does finish the day stronger. He has a clean fourth inning and a clean fifth inning before getting pulled in the sixth after uh, letting up a leadoff walk to Brousseau. You know, but he you know, he grind. It was a it was a gritty performance. One he had to grind through. You know, he, he did keep the Yankees in the game. He kept them in this one. It was a one run ball game. Um, once he left the game. But, you know, he had no location. He had nothing really working for him. Uh, especially that changeup. He did not have the changeup. That's, you know, one of, that was one of his better pitches in his first outing of the year when he went six strong. But, finishes five plus innings, five hits, four runs, four strikeouts, and just 59 uh, 59% of his pitches were strikes. He threw 82 pitches. So, Nothing really great for Montgomery there, but you know, not the worst outing in the world considering he didn't have it. He was fine in that aspect. Uh, fortunately, the pen once again came in and shut it down from there. You had Green, um, O'Day, Chapman, Abreu, you know, combining for five innings of shutout ball to strike out nine batters. Um, but the Yanks had a couple of shots in this one, they couldn't come through early on. You know, they, 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 Seventh inning, they were down four to three. Still, 
problem. You have Gary selling that hit by pitch, which didn't look like they hit him, um, but he gets the first on the HBP. Then you have Gio Urshela with the infield single to the second. And then, uh, was it Brett Gardner drawing that walk? Bases juiced, uh, one out. And here comes DJ LeMayu, the Yankees' best hitter. Um, DJ facing, because they made the pitching change, Thompson came in for Reed. Um, But uncharacteristically, leaves the zone and again, rolls over a breaking ball and hits into a 5-4-3. He's done it a couple times so far this year. Um, You know, he's still just two for nine with runners in scoring position. That's not DJ-like. He's a 375 hitter. Uh, in scoring position as a Yankee, you know it's not ideal that he's out to this up to, uh, that he's off to this start. Um, the timing is kind of a little bit out of whack here, um, but eventually we're going to need his clutch bat. And today he had a couple, actually a couple times today, which we'll get to in a second. But top of the eighth comes. Uh, Yanks have another shot, and uh, they do come through this time around. They were they were actually you know, as bad as they started in scoring position. They finished the night. Three for their last four with runners in scoring position. Uh, on the top of the eighth, you had Judge and Stanton drawing a pair of walks. And then Torres comes to the plate and he gets his first stake of the year. He you know, he lines a single to right field uh, to left field, a nice liner, and this RBI single makes it a four to four tie. Um then you have Green and O'Day combining to work a clean bottom of the eighth inning. Then the Yanks get another big opportunity in the top of the ninth. Geo, he legs out a double after working a tremendous at bat against, um, you know, taking Castillo to eight pitches. And, and by the way, why do I feel like this Castillo guy kills us? Every time we have to face this guy, it feels like he stops. He's a Yankee stopper. If a Rosarina is a Yankee killer, this guy's a Yankee stopper. We never, ever, ever, we always have to face him in these late game rallies most of the time, too. And we always either like a fake comeback or we just go down one, two, three against this guy. And here it is. We get the fake comeback at this time. Geo legs out that double. And um, Guardy walks. You have no outs. First and second for LeMahieu. But he weakly bounces one to third. Uh, Padlo steps on the back for one. Tosses it to first base. But Tosugo couldn't handle it. So DJ was able to reach. Go to second. And Guardy was on third. So you have second and third now with one out. Because Geo couldn't come through. But the error had him reach. So he, the second and third one out, um, you know, basically basically an unintentional sack bunt is what that was. Um, Judge at the plate, Castillo spikes a slider, gets in the dirt, looked like it was going to get away, but Guardy got a bit too aggressive, gets caught in a rundown, called out, and then kind of killed the momentum. And you had Judge just pound a grounder to shortstop to end the inning. It was a pain in the ass, but another opportunity the Yankees just can't come through. Um, but, you know, we go to extras, and from there you get a beautiful ninth thing of work from Chapman, throwing 101, 102 a couple of times um, using the slider. No, I, I don't think I saw the splitter, but it was mainly fastball slider for Chapman today, and he did great. He looked really sharp. Um, and then the Yanks get their chance in the top of the 10th. That was in the bottom of the ninth. sorry. Uh, top of the 10th comes, and they wake up. You know, very energetic. Hopefully, building some uh, momentum going forward here. I want to. I want to hope that's the inning that kind of turns their 
season around here in the early going, right? Kind of just gets them out of their funk. And it was a very energetic, exciting inning because Odor was that spark plug. Um, but first, you have Aaron Hicks, you know, getting bra- uh, grazed by a pitch in the, in the in the pants. He reaches first base off McHugh. Talkman, sack bunt. That advances Judge to third. Judge was the designator extra inning runner. He goes to third. Hicks to second. Second and third, one out. Torres to the plate. A weak rounder to short. Judge heads home. Gets called out. Not even close. Uh, how many times does that happen to us? Um, but now you have first and third with two outs for Rufnet Odor, who, you know, off to an 0 for 4 start in his Yankee career. But here works a full count. And on the seventh pitch of the at bat, he bloops a fastball to center field. And this scores Aaron Hicks, and the Yankees have a 5-4 lead. So, Odor, in his Yankee debut, his first at-bat, you know, weak contact, nothing. Last at-bat, a game-winning hit, pretty much. So, you know, it was funny, too, because I was talking about it pregame. How, um, fucking yes was hyping up how these has-beens, I called it. Hasbins and Jay Bruce and Odor are going to be this, this these saviors, the Messiah to this team. They they talk about them like these guys are still in their prime. It's insane to me. Then they were giving this these updates on Jack, uh, Jack, on Zach Britton, like telling us when he's going to come back, what he's doing in his return. Like I don't need to know when he doesn't fucking jump at Jack. But uh, Odor gets the big bloop sit, uh, the bloop hit. Can't talk tonight. Gary Sanchez comes up next and tacks on. Uh, nice single up the middle for another run. Uh, then Geo, you know, the base hit to right field, ends up being a two RBI hit where he reaches third base because Margot could not handle it, gets by him, and you look up and the Yanks are up eight to four. Um, they went with the Breu to pitch the bottom of the tenth, uh, and he he did great. He closed it out with two strikeouts. Then he got a fly out to Hicks, and that was the night. That was a, that was the. Uh, that was the game there for the Yankees. A good afternoon win. A Sunday matinee. Picking up that victory. And now we are 4-5. and five, Heading to Dundon. To take on the Toronto Blue Jays. For three more games. I want to say three. Um, yeah, so that's that. Hopefully we can start putting up solid ass at bats. Like we did late in that game. We had some really good plate, appearance, uh, plate appearances later in the contest. So... Coming through more with men on base, making more contact. We started hitting for more power, so that was nice to see. Um, you know, I'll tell you what does concern me. Um, as good as they started, this pitching staff, top to bottom, it still concerns me. Rotation to pen. You know, very little names that comfort me. Uh, in the rotation, it's Garrett Cole, and then what the fuck, right? Because we've spoken about it numerous times, but here I go again. It's Garrett Cole, and then what? Literally, it's Garrett Cole, and then what are you getting from who? Is Who's going to be your... You know, it's Garrett Cole and a bunch of guys you don't know what they're going to do. Again, we talked about Kluber, how he could very well not perform great. It wouldn't be shocking if Jameson Tyone was the same, because he's a kid who's... He doesn't have a deep history. And he actually has, you know, in the few years he's been in the league, he's been hurt. And he's got these two Tommy John surgeries he's coming back from. 
You know, he hasn't pitched in two years, really. So it wouldn't be shocking if he struggled. Uh, Jordan Montgomery was good, but I don't look at Jordan Montgomery and say, oh, he's going to be that 1A to Garrett Cole. I say he's a solid 4, maybe a 3. You know, uh, Domingo Herman was just demoted because he was pitching like shit. You know, it wouldn't be crazy if he had an up-and-down year considering he's missed an entire season. You know, none of these guys... I, I just... I. It's not the craziest thing in the world to be concerned about this starting rotation when already, through, what, nine games, we've only gotten two starters to give you six innings in Cole and Montgomery? So outside of Garrett Cole... Just Montgomery's debut. That was the only other time we had a six-inning performance. Not even seven, six. I mean, it's going to be concerning. This bullpen's a lot weaker, and they're still being relied upon the exact same, if not more, this season with with these question marks on the staff as to if they can go deeper into the game. So, I, you know, I don't love the pen. You know, it's Chad Green, and then who? Right? Nick Nelson, he's this is the guy with the 5.47 ERA in the bigs. He was never a big time top 100 prospect. In the yeah, he he just throws hard. You know the Yankees just they see he throws hard. You know he's a question mark though. Lucas Letke, right, let's be real, he's a 34 year old journeyman who hasn't seen action in what five six years 2015. Johnny Lasagna, I mean, a struggling prospect who's yet to reach his potential. Uh, you're hoping he can finally break out this year. He's off to a nice start. But again, a small sample size. He doesn't have a resume of, of big-time success yet. Wouldn't be crazy if he was up and down. Is it going to be Luis Sessa? The guy's you know, been a reliever his entire career, and he's got a 432 ERA. Albert Abreu looked good today, but you know, inexperienced rookie. Michael King looked great in his debut, inexperienced. Justin Wilson, maybe, I guess. He's a veteran. He's decent. But he had a 360 ERA last year. None of these guys, again, outside of Chad Green, you can be 100% confident in during those high leverage moments, right? Obviously, Chapman, too, but Chapman, I could say, you know, he's the closer. So I just feel like we need. It sucks that Britain had to get that injury. But, yeah, you know, you don't have those guys you you feel safe with on the mound. You don't have that trust in a lot of these guys. It's just you hope he can do this. You hope he can do that. You want more guarantee, right? You don't have to be fully guaranteed that you're going to get something. You're never, you're never, you know, positive. But more guys that you know you're going to, you know, like, like with, with Garrett Cole, you know, almost know you're getting a good outing. Right, even at his worst, he's above average. You want more guys who, at their worst, are at least average. You know, more good pitchers, and you just don't have. You have a lot of question marks. You have guys who could be good, but you don't know that they could be good. So, it scares the shit out of me. This bullpen, and that's that's saying something, you know, because they're off to a good start. And uh, but I just I don't know if it's sustainable. I really don't because we're relying on them a whole lot. Um, but we we will see. We will see. Uh, positive takeaways so far. I I really love. Um, I guess the start Gary Sanchez is off with his production. You know he's off to a good start here. Um, hopefully turning things around. He's 
so far through eight games. Got a 296 batting average. And if you're an OPS guy, he's got a 962 OPS, which is robust as hell, especially for a catcher. Um, I love that he's walking, right? He looks a lot more patient. Uh, he's taking pitches and he's not chasing as much. Um, and another walk today. He has four RBIs, two home runs. But, you know, that will come. Um, that's who he is. Uh, but, yeah, he looks very patient up there. He's got a balanced swing. He's not pulling off or anything. He's got a clean approach. He He's up there looking to put the bat on the ball, or at least attempting to. He, he He's doing a good job so far. Um, just fucking hustle, dude. Please fucking hustle, because that just irks me. That's why I'm not a big fan of Gary Sanchez. It's not only just that he doesn't produce, it's because he doesn't produce, or he hasn't produced in the past. On top of that, he hasn't produced, and he's not hustled while he hasn't been producing. So that irks me as a fan. You know, you want you want guys who at least try when they're on their final lifeline here. That, that, that The fucking game, there's been so many games where he's dogged it. And the Yankees, I mean, they don't even get on him for it. It's, it's Aaron Boone just hired to be a shill of the organization. Basically just sit in the dugout, kiss players' ass, and give ha you know, glass half full comments to the media. That's what he's that's what he does. And he, I just want somebody who holds this kid accountable. He can't even say Gary's a kid. He's twenty eight now, guys. He's not you know, this guy's been in the organization since he was seventeen and he's still having hostile problems. That's gonna piss me off. That's gonna piss a lot of people off. But if he can produce and if he keeps hitting like this, <clears throat> you live with it. But as a catcher, he better be busting his ass behind there. Um, you know, if you want to jog on the base paths, you better be fucking raking. You know, so I don't take this small sample size and say he can get away with it because he's still he's still he's got a lot to prove before I can buy into this two ninety six nine sixty two. Um. But it's good that he's off to the start. Uh, Gio Urshela hopefully starting to find it a bit, right? Swinging the bat better of late. Have the uh, the three or four game hit streak, I think, heading into this series. He sat the first game. Then he went over in the um, second game. Uh, but four hits this afternoon. Four hits on Sunday. So he's up to 323 with the batting average and 828 with the OPS. Um, and he's played eight of their nine games because you know, he was on the COVID list for that one game um, after getting the shot. DJ LeMayu, uh, listen, am I concerned about DJ? No, I'm not. I'm not concerned about LeMayu. Um, you know, he's he's kind of been off to his standards, right? He, he's he's hopefully he can get back to being that guy that he usually is with the runners in scoring position and always comes through, but. He's still going 297 with the average, 854 with the OPS. You know, I'm not worried about him. I'm just hoping he can find that timing and make some more solid contact going the other way like he's used to. Um, I think it'll come eventually, hopefully, because, you know, that would suck. But, you know, not yet. I'm not concerning there yet. You know, hopefully he can start coming through, but... He played third the other day. He played first today, so he's starting to switch around the infield like we're, we're seeing lately, uh, like what we've seen in the past, rather. Um, but, yeah, DJ LeMayo, I think, will be fine. He's the last guy I'm worried about on this team. Um, tell you one thing I'm worried about. Can we not do this Aaron Hicks in the three-hole shtick again this year? 
can we not do this again? I mean, I know, I know. He 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 switch he he switch hits, so he splits up the righties, right? That's that's the reasoning behind it. Um, but th that's exactly what I mean when I always say how this lefty thing is vastly overrated or over exaggerated. I guess. What good is it to be a lefty if you can't produce, right? Jay Bruce is not even getting playing time because he's not producing as a lefty. We had to play Odor over him today. And Odor has hit a buck something in his last couple years. What good is it to be this lefty that everybody hypes up and loves Yankee lefties? What good is that if you can't produce? Why do we keep ignoring that part? I would rather have nine righties who produce than six righties and three lefties who don't produce. It just, it's like what everybody overlooks that, it feels like. Give me the guys who produce. I don't care what handedness you are. If you produce, I want you in the fucking lineup. If you produce, I want you high in the lineup. I don't want Aaron Hicks hitting 100-something with an OPS in the fucking 400s, batting third for the New York Yankees. <laughs> That's my issue with you analytics computer nerds. Like, this, this is real-life shit, you morons. This is not a video game where everything is calculated, organized, you know, some kind of fixed algorithm. No, this is real life. Things aren't exactly, they don't always go that specific fixed result. Things are unpredictable. That's it, it, Get off your mother's iPad, go outside, enjoy nature, and play a game of baseball yourself in real life. These, these, this... There's no logic behind Hicks hitting third. It, he's a solid, and I'm not saying it as an insult, he's a solid number nine hitter. He's a good second leadoff because he doesn't hit close to 250, but he gets on base by walking. And I think that's a solid number nine hitter. I don't think you should put Hicks at number three. I think number three is for your best all-around hitter. Maybe a judge. I love DJ at one, but maybe judge at three. Maybe if Glaber Torres gets his head out of his ass and starts hitting like I think he can, maybe he can eventually be in the three spot. Not Aaron Hicks. Not Aaron Hicks. No, not Aaron Hicks. Maybe Luke Voigt when he returns. But right now, I do not want to see Aaron Hicks continue to bat third and just continue to strike out, pop up, and ground out. No fucking thank you. Please. And if he keeps struggling like this, and if Brett Gardner keeps producing, he's hitting 353, playing some good defense, having some great at-bats, can we put Guardy in center field and have Hicks ride the pine? Gardner's a lefty. I mean, we're talking about lefties. Gardner's a lefty, and he's producing. We, you know, at least doing this, we won't have to take the bat out of Clint Frazier's fucking hands. And this guy can get back into the lineup because they benched him today for Brett Gardner. I would keep Clint's bat in the lineup. I don't care if Hicks is a switch fucking hitter and Clint is a righty. Put Clint in there. Put Gardner in there if, Clint, if Hicks is going to continue to struggle and do it that way. I just... Oh, that's my rant. That's my rant. That, that's that's episode 231's rant. There's our uh, our TED Talk for this one. Um... Giancarlo Stanton I have here down 
on my notes. You there? Giancarlo, you there, bud? You awake? Have you came to play this season? Season started on April 1st. Guy, you had the one grand slam. And maybe a nice game after that. But outside of those two games, where you been, bud? 188 with the average. 570 with the OPS. I mean, we're hitting on Hicks for batting third. Stanton, you're supposed to be a powerful number four here. <laughs> and, and that impeccable play discipline from last October hasn't exactly looked the same. You know, he's he's we're seeing a lot of these silly chases again where he leaves the strike zone. Hell, even the batter's box at times. <laughs> I don't know. He's got to get his shit together. Aaron Judge, the numbers look good. He's hitting 310. The OPS is few ticks under 900. Still waiting on him to produce those big, powerful hits in those situational moments, though. Right? He's got a couple of walks late and you know a couple of inning enders. But he needs to start coming through when we really need him late in those games. But, but to his credit, nobody's really been coming through for this team <laughs> this year late in games. Um, Glaber Torres did today. So hopefully, hopefully today's game can get Glaber going. I don't know. Been very disappointed with him. A lot of pop-ups, a lot of chasing with him too. Weak contact. A lot of weak contact. Just getting under everything. Grounders, bloops, pop-ups, no power. Average not there yet. Defense obviously not exactly great. I did make a slick play today. But yeah, hopefully Glaber can get it going. We need somebody to get hot. Really. We, nobody. That's the thing. We're 4-5 and five because nobody's hot. That's a big reason for it too. Nobody on this off in this offense is hot. We have some guys doing well, right? But nobody yet has really gotten that hot streak. Nobody's on fire yet. And once somebody gets on fire, once somebody catches fire, that usually dominate uh dominates uh domino effects and somebody else, you know, it's a contagious effect here. So hopefully someone gets gone, another guy does, and we finally start stringing together some victories. Um, but yeah, it's, it is what it is for now. Bats usually take a couple of weeks to get hot every year. It's like this. So, um, you know, again, it's okay to be concerned, but it's not the end of the world. There's there. I still think at the end of the day, as far as the regular season goes, we have the offense to win games. Um, it's just the pitching that I'm a bit concerned about top and bottom bullpen and staff but we will see that's it again Garrett Cole tomorrow heading to uh, Dundon Florida not far so I think the Yankees are still staying at the same hotel they're at right now they're just going to uh, travel to a different ballpark to play the Blue Jays um, and it must suck if you're a Blue Jays fan or if you're a player to not be able to play in front of your fans for two years I don't know, I guess you know, maybe at some point in the year Toronto's going to let people back in, but yeah, it sucks to not really have a legitimate fan base to play in front of last year for 60 games, but this year, we'll see how long it goes, but damn, that must suck, seeing everybody else get their fans back. I'm not, I, I swear to God, I'm not trolling, I'm not trolling. I have nothing against the Jays like that, but um, I have tremendous respect for the Toronto Jays, man, they have a hell of a young squad, and Yankees fans were 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 at that point 
few years ago, right, in 2017, where all these guys were coming up. Now they're here, and we failed a couple times. So hopefully we can get this ring, but we've got a long way to uh, a long way to go before we can start discussing World Series rings again here in New York in the Bronx. Um, that's it, guys. That's it. Let's head to break one last time. When we get back, we'll we'll get right into the uh, the NYY NYK question of the day, and we'll wrap it up from there. Be right back. I asked you guys for episode 230. We were talking Knicks. I asked you, who scored 36 points for the Knicks in game seven of the 1970 finals to beat the Lakers? Okay, so who scored 36 points for the Knicks in game seven of the 1970 finals to beat the Lakers? The answer to that question was Clyde Frazier. Yes, Clyde Frazier's famous 36-point game in game seven to defeat the hated Los Angeles Lakers, who the Knicks are playing Monday night tonight. Uh, this episode, our NYY NYK question of the day. Which team did Alex Rodriguez hit his 500th career home run on? Which team did Alex Rodriguez slug his 500th career home run on? Um, I'll give you a hint. I guess it's a hint, but it came in August of 2007. All right. So answer that question, whether that be on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, you can do so in my inbox or the comments once I publish the link and promo to this podcast. Didn't A-Rod just buy the, um, who was it? He bought the, I think the, uh, the, the Minnesota Wolves. He brought the Timberwolves. He bought them. Um, I saw that on ESPN.com, and then they were also talking about it during the um, Lakers-Nets pregame on on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, he bought the Wolves. I don't, I don't, I don't get that shit. I know it's like entrepreneurship, but like he doesn't know a thing about basketball, does he? <laughs> I don't get why people just buy random shit. I guess when you got money, he's got money. <laughs> you can do what you want. Um. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, I, I appreciate everybody stopping by for episode 231 of the podcast. I am your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 231 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. If you haven't subscribed to BD4, be sure to subscribe to the podcast right now. You can find this podcast on all the podcast feeds all the major ones, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Anchor. You can watch the podcast on YouTube and so many more platforms to find this podcast on. But, you know, you probably don't need to know this because you're probably listening to this. Um... You can find me on social media, and you can you can read my blog. 
on my website to find all that information I just said. Again, just go to my link tree. Go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. Okay, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That will take you to my link tree and um, you'll be set from there. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of BD4. Once again, episode 231 of the podcast, the Yanks salvage an otherwise very disappointing series at the Trop. But hopefully now we can head back to, um, well, no, we're still on the road. But hopefully we can take care of the Blue Jays in Dundon. Um, and, and that starts with Garrett Cole. So thanks so much, guys, and I'll see you next time. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.